can kick your fancy ales, you can take them by the flagon, but the only food for the brave and true comes from the green dragon. Hello everyone and welcome to the Green Dragon Podcast, your weekly podcast about the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit strategy battle game by Games Workshop. I'm your host Kylie and today I'm joined with Jeremy. Hello, I think we should change that weekly thing because I, I don't think it's a weekly anymore. It seems to be every couple it's just of days. there. I've memorized it. I know what I'm saying. Just go with it. It's going to make it too confusing if we change it now. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Took me two weeks to memorize it. I mean, come on. Okay, Kylie. All right. So we're here with Jeremy today, as I said, and we're doing our post Silmarilli wrap up. So we're getting a whole bunch of our friends from the Sil from Sil and basically asking them how they went. So Jeremy, what was your prep for your, your Silmarilli army and tournament, and what did you end up taking? My preparation went as such. Planning what I was going to take for the painting competition. I thought, Silmarillion, I'm not so fussed about the game. I've played the game before. I want to do some really fantastic entries for the painting competition. So, I spent a week putting together a Golgoroth Beast. Bloody hell. Used up all my green stuff on that stupid elephant thing, Rhino. Put it together. Got it together. Got it to where I like. Put it aside. Then I planned out this amazing open entry. I was going to have a little square of terrain. I was going to have a dead fell beast on it. I was going to have the Fate of the Witch King diorama. Got that all out. Got all the bits out. Laid it out. Planned it out. Put it to the side. <laughs> then I thought... I see a theme going here. I've got another open competition idea. I'm going to take the Fellowship of the Ring on the base that came with the magazines. So I got that out. I assembled it. I drilled it out. I magnetized the, the guys in. I got it all ready. I undercoated it. I dry brushed the base to get the gray there. Put it to the side. Didn't quite get it done. Then I thought, what can I do for... The cavalry model entry. So I got out my my Aragorn bits. I looked at them. I got out my Halberd press molded banner because I was going to make a Halberd on horse. Got ready for that. Put it to the side. Now, before all this was happening, I had the due date for the tournament list came up. And I had no idea what I was going to take. And I look, I wasn't too fussed. I wasn't worried about the, the game much at all. So I, I looked at my painting table, looked at what I've taken and thought, okay, rule number one, I want to take something I haven't taken before. Rule number two, I want to take something that everyone else thinks is crap because then I've got an excuse if I don't do very well. So I look and I saw my army of Grim Hammers staring back at me. And I've got quite a few of them because for a while I was getting Grim Hammers at, at tournaments. That was the prize for them. Whenever we go to tournaments, we get the stock that doesn't sell. So we get lots of <laughs> Goblin Captains. We get Grim Hammers. We get all kinds of stuff. Goblin Town Terrain, really amazing prizes. So I had a bunch of Grim Hammers sitting there and I thought, okay, Let's see what I can do with these Grim Hammers. And I got into the, the spreadsheet, counted up my Grim Hammers. Okay, I've got a total of 30 of them because six of them I converted into Grim Spear guys. So, and one of them had a banner. So, first of all, put in 30 Grim Hammers, one with banner. All good so far. Put in two Grim Hammer Captains because I've got two Grim Hammer Captains because I converted one yep. from a Captain of Erebor. Did a, a cross-body thing, cut off his waist, cut off his, his torso, moved it around, swapped it around. It looked really good. So, I took those two Captains. Thought, okay, which which... Which captain is particularly grim that I can take? Because I don't have any more Grimhammer captains. Okay, young Dwalin, because he's got a mohawk. He's got the axes going. He looks pretty grim to me. He can go in the Grimhammer army. And then I have points left over. So I thought, okay, six Grim Spears. Let's put them in. And it worked out perfectly. 39 models. Dwalin, two Grimhammer captains, 30 Grimhammers, one with banner, and then six 
warriors of Erebor with spear and shield, but they've now be called the Grim Spears. So I looked at this army, I thought, this is brilliant. 11-point Grim Hammers, defense 6, throwing weapons, internet thinks they're rubbish. This is my army. I'm going to finish in the mid-tables. <laughs> I'm going to do well some games, do badly sometimes, but it's going to look amazing. And then I'm going to play some scenarios after do that because it's going to be fun. So you decided to take Grim Hammers and not get your painting entries done. I, was, I feel this is uh, starting its uh, course to be a fantastic tournament for you. I was going to get my painting entries done. I, the Grim Hammers, I only had 12 to paint and then five objectives. So I converted up some objectives, some dead dwarves with the parts mm-hmm. left over from my conversions. And I thought, this will only take me a day or two to get ready. But little did I know how much out of painting practice I am. <laughs> it's oh, it's taken me so long. I hurt my th- finger, my painting finger. And I'm just sort of building up the muscle control again about painting. So I, I feel like I'm painting sort of Matthew Todd speed at the moment. <laughs> I don't think anyone can paint at Matthew Todd speed. Yeah, I actually finished the models. So I was doing a little bit of, a, a night and it took me essentially the entire time to get those 12 Grim Hammers and the, the other models done. And I wasn't too stressed about it. I just thought, look, I'm here to enjoy myself. I don't want to stress myself with painting. So I'll get the army done. I'll get the display board done, starting my new board, and, and away we'll go. We'll take that. I want to just quickly backtrack to the painting competition before we go into the sort of whole tournament thing. Obviously, you entered the painting competition. What did you end up entering? Because you had all these great, wonderful ideas, and they didn't end up going... Okay. So what did you take? To so the I took the plan B. I grabbed the banner that I made up for a banner competition from the internet a while ago, which I'm actually really proud of that model. It's a high elf banner. I think it's by far my best model. It's got a converted banner. So I took that as single entry. For cavalry model, I looked around. And I thought, I want something a bit different. I want something that I've done some freehand, some banners, some conversion work. So I took one of my black dragon cataphracts. So it's... Ooh. So it has a a bald head, it has a tattoo painted on its head, it has a banner with a dragon painted on it, the Eye of Sauron, Um, and I really like that that model as well, it's it's a unique paint job, so something that really would stand out for the crowd and not be boring and and typical standard stuff, because I hate doing typical standard stuff in painting competitions, it seems like a cop-out, and then I took for the monster, I took Radagast on Eagle, I am denied about this one for a while, but my Radagast is really painted quite well, the base looks quite involved it's got a dead high um palace guard elf on it it's it's i really like it and it the painting that's solid. your converted one yeah not yeah yeah it's converted from the yeah. plastic radagast from the, yeah, the so you good one yeah I, I, I like that one so that was for my monster and then for my open i took uh i took my bard with wind lance because i had done heaps of uh sculpting work on the bases mm. to make all wooden planks i converted it so that you could remove bard but that didn't show up on it and I also made a horse because Bard can have a horse and a wind lance. So I had yeah. a horse with it, which was actually quite a bit of conversion for the horse. It started off as a Rohan horse, but I re-sculpted its face to get rid of the armor. And then I gave it a new new haircut. So I made its hair a lot longer and, and more flowing to match the Bard on horse's horse. And then I redid the tail as well to make it a lot more involved. So I took some and tails. And painted it like an Appaloosa. Yes, yes. So it's got the, the mottle. Love the Appaloosa it. paint job. Yeah, I really like it as well. So it's a solid paint job. Uh, the Windlands itself has got painted dwarf rune message around the side of it, which is quite subtle on the. Which I believe translated to For Dale, the Wind Lances a Dragon. You've got such a better memory than I do. Yeah, that's exactly what it said. So uh, look, I'm proud of that model as well, and, and it's painted really nicely. And yeah, all in my standard gaming style, so non metallic metal, but nothing specially painted for the painting competition, just my standard stuff. So, all right, so you, you didn't paint anything special 
What did you come in the panning comps? Okay. I got first for open with my Windlands. I got first for Monster with my Radagast. I got first for Cavalry with my Easterling. And I got third for for the single miniature, which is disappointing. because I thought that was my best paint job, but that's okay. It's it's Painting's subjective anyway. Painting's very subjective, and I'm pretty sure the judge was looking for different things than I provide. I don't think my... My style, sometimes you could call it cartoony. It's much brighter than a lot of people's. It's hmm. it's quite involved. I'm the only one doing really freehand on my models and that sort of stuff. But obviously, the judge isn't rating that at all. So, that's okay. That's that's It's a subjective. Flip a coin to see who goes first. To get top three and first in most of the categories is, is really great. So, I'm proud of that work. And next year, I'm going to actually finish those damn entries <laughs> and get them done. Well, I look forward to seeing them because I saw you pull out all the bits and stuff and have all these great, wonderful things and just not get them done. I thought that was um, very typical of uh, just before the tournament. I've got this large gaming-sized table that's just all bits laid out on it with all my ideas and plans and things and eventually they'll get done. I, was, I ran out of green stuff, so I was waiting on my shipment of green stuff, which came in, so I got my bulk shipment. I did offer you some green stuff if you needed something. Oh, I needed a lot of green stuff to do my plans. When you're going to re-sculpt a whole Felbish, you need a, more than a little roll of it. All right. So, tournament. You walk into Sill. What were you? What was your expectations? Because I know you supplied the terrain, and you said you were very surprised by how well laid out the terrain was. I talked about this a little bit in David's episode, but Josh will forgive me for saying this. But there's times when I've let him to set up the terrain, and I'll just look at it and go, "No, it doesn't make any sense. It looks ridiculous." You know how sometimes people set it up with they'll grab the terrain and they'll just put it randomly all over the board, so they'll get one part of a ruined building and you'll get it on one side of the river and the other part of the ruined building will be on the other side of the river and it makes no coherent sense. Yeah. I looked at the tables. I glanced and went, these are actually pretty good. There was lots of mirror images for tables, mm. but it was logical mirror images. It wasn't too obvious. And I think there was a lot of thought put into the arrangement of the tables. They were four by fours, which worried me because my tables are all designed to be six by fours, but they had very cleverly taped off the parts of it to make three tables per board. Mm. With mine, they had turned them into very different four by fours. And there was only one table that I thought suffered from having two boards put together, a black one and a, a grass oh, one. Yeah, that one. But uh, the rest of them I thought were really, really solid. So I was impressed with that. I wasn't impressed with the space. I don't think we fit in that room. Yeah. Shout out to Josh next year. I think you might be looking at a new venue. Yeah. Get a, get a bigger space. We're, we're actually not that big as gamers. The Lord of the Rings scene are all reasonably healthy yeah. and fit, but David and I in the first game back-to-back -back, rubbing shoulders the whole time was a bit awkward. Yeah, there was a few... T I was lucky enough that I was on the other side of the room, which had about an extra half meter of space, a lot. So three of my games were on sort of tables one, two, and three. So I didn't get a lot of the hip bumping, but the one game I played on table 12, which was sort of in the cramped corridor, I was just like... This is awkward. I'm feeling really uncomfortable rubbing up against these five guys. <laughs> and the Lord of the Rings game involves going around the table. It's very fluid. Yeah. It's not just in one spot. So this idea that you can just be at one side, my arms aren't very long. Yeah, I, I can't reach over the other side. I often found I was moving my own my opponent's stuff on my side of the table because he couldn't walk around, but he couldn't reach. Fortunately for me, I because I have such lanky, annoyingly long arms. I could reach most of uh, the tables, but... I'm thinking of next year making some little, like, tongs so I can move my models from the <laughs> other side of the board because <laughs> it's just... It wasn't working for me there, but it was pretty good. The other thing that I was a bit worried about was the timing. An hour and a half, I like to have 
like a good solid two hours to play a game. Yeah. I, an hour and a half is really tight, but I did reasonably well. There's only one game that I didn't finish, and I'll talk to that when we get to round yeah. four. I, I, it's one thing that I've taken on, on board too, and I know a few of my tournaments have actually upped the round time. I think it's two two hours and 45 minutes now, so I would almost prefer the tournament to go an extra hour, you know, start at sort of nine and finish at seven rather than... You know, losing that extra 15 minutes each I game. would go half an hour either side. I'd go 8.30 to, to 6.30, I think, would be the way to go. But, look, overall, it wasn't too bad. And the timer helped so much because occasionally I looked at with my, my opponent and pointed at the timer and said, look, we've got 12 minutes to go. Let's speed it up. Let's let's get mm. this finished. We've got to move. And they're okay with the timer. I've done that in tournaments in the past, and they just looked at me like I'm crazy. And and sometimes you yeah. get that whole, oh, there's 18 minutes left. We won't have time for another turn. It's like, no, no, no. We've got time for another turn. Yeah. We've got another time for five turns. Yeah, I'll definitely be um, putting a timer in for my next tournament. I know that much. I'll be stealing it off Josh. But I just, just one thing that annoys me quite a bit is the whole you can't get speed down, like you can't finish a turn quickly. I mean, what was it? We play like a 10 turns in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah we, we can, something silly. Yeah, we can do 10 turns in 15 minutes in a tournament if we need to. And look, we think pretty fast, but it, there's no excuse for not finishing games mm-hmm. and not starting turns. So I've... So I walked in, not a huge amount of expectations with the army I had, but I had two things going for me. One, I played a practice game. I actually used the army before the <laughs> tournament, so I had prepared for it. I knew how my army worked. I played a game against Matthew Todd, which timed out after two and a half hours uh, against an orc horde. I did all right against it. I had one turn where everything went wrong, but I was still in a winning position right towards the end of the game. So it was a pretty resilient force, I thought. It's, it can take a blow. It can take a bad turn and still survive. And what I learned at that point was I used up my might way too quickly. So I, I did my normal mm. tactics with my heroes, but I've only got six might. It's a tiny amount of might. I, I need to be conservative with that. Then I read the players pack and read the bonuses. So I had planned, okay, here's my objective for every game. Get the objective plus kill the banners, plus kill their most expensive hero, plus kill more heroes. So that was in the back of my mind the whole time. Sometimes I go into tournament and I don't actually know what the objectives are. So mm. I had that going for me. So I was prepared. I was going full power gaming mode. Grim Hammers, all the Grim Hammers. Watch out, internet. This is the new list for you. Round one. Go, Jeremy. Okay, thank you. So round one, I played against Tim Wright, who had a, a fantastic troll army. He had six trolls, Verder, so making the seventh, and then two half trolls, which he f- were functioning as specters. So half troll specters, Themey Army, Brewing Display Board, wonderful guy. We set up. It was the To the Death, I think it was. To the Death. Banners. To the death. The to banner the death. one, Jeremy. The, the banner one. So I'd already got the points for the banners, although I'll get to that at the end. We both set up really close. I set up probably about five and a half inches away or five inches away. So I could charge if I wanted to, but I could pull back of a heroic if I had to as well. And I had a flank of my force in some ruins, which the trolls couldn't actually get to without going around it. So I had a little bit of advantage there. I called a heroic first turn. Tim got the priority and I pulled back so I could get a turn of shooting and force him in basically into my circle so I could encircle him. His specters turned around and pulled two grim hammers immediately back towards him, which he charged his trolls into. Oh no, I can't shoot at them because my stupid grim hammers have run forward. And the first turn didn't start very good. He uh, killed those grim hammers pretty quickly. I think he even called a heroic with birder off this, which is a bit of an ill-advised one mm. and threw him forward into my lines. He didn't do anything on the second combat. The first combat, he killed the guy. Second combat, he essentially bounced off the thing and maybe killed a guy, but 
it wasn't really worth it. It put him out of position as well. So Birdo yeah. was right in my face. You guys got to be really careful with those heroic combats. They're slingshots forward because they can be, they can hurt more than they can benefit. So then basically Birdo was in the line. Dwalin and his guys on the flank had to start going around the back. And I positioned Dwalin to go attack the two spectres. I silly forgot that Dwalin was fearless and one of the spectres pulled him forward and then um, I rolled the double ones and failed that, even though I can't possibly fail it. <laughs> so he pulled Dwalin forward, but I was actually happy with that because I would have preferred he pulled him forward to backwards. So <laughs> then I pulled all my Grimhammers forward and just started to go to work on the trolls. I was lucky enough that I managed to kill one with throwing spears because he used the troll spear support on Birder <laughs> and I wasn't going to re-engage that. So I put nine Grimhammers into the troll. I think he already had a wound from at the turn before, mm-hmm. but did the two wounds to kill off a troll. And that was pretty positive. So I killed off the troll. I was happy about that. Dwalin, I did I did my heroic bluff. This is my special new move that I, that I like to call. Dwalin's in combat with a Spectre with, with a handful of Grimhammers there. So Spectre, who cares if I kill it? My Grimhammer captain is sitting there looking at Birdo. They're both on their last point of might, staring at each other off because they've been calling heroic moves and things to get into position. Mm-hmm. I put in another another Grimhammer, some spears behind it. I have Birdo potentially maybe in a bit of trouble in the trap. I'm not sure. It's it's iffy. But that Grimhammer captain's looking at this troll going, oh, I'm going to take you down, troll. I'm looking at you. So I smile just before the combat phase and I say, I'll use might. Really excited about it. So Tim looks at it, looks at Birdo and goes, I'll use Might. And Birdo's the only one that has Might. And this is his last point of Might. So I'm thinking, victory, his last point of Might's gone already. So that's that's a win to me. Mm-hmm. We do the roll-off. I win it. Dwalin, heroic combat. To kill a, a crappy spectre. So Dwalin does a heroic combat. uses up one of his points of Might. And then Birdo has to call it. And I look at Tim and I say, you have to call something. And Tim looks at me in fear and says, strike. And then I look at him. Stare him down. Look at my Grimhammer captain. He'll be right. Don't strike. I'll go, you're already ahead on fight. You can stay ahead on fight. Roll your stir. So, Dwalin with his combat charge, another spectre. Remembering my fearless this time. <laughs> Birdo strikes up. He can faint. Who cares? He's fight 10. So, Birdo and the Grimhammer captain roll off. Birdo rolls nothing higher than a five. Looks at his tally of might. He has no might. Looks for banners. He has no banners. The Grimhammer captain, who's rolled a six, turns around and then smacks Birdo in the face, killing him. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I will have to remember the heroic bluff for one of my games later. Yep. So in that turn, by that time, I had taken out Birdo, one of the cave trolls, and the two spectres. So we're left with five trolls. And at this point, next turn, I used up Dwalin's last point of might to make sure I trapped and struck up against the troll to get another one. <laughs> and then it was four trolls left, and I, I was one off breaking. Um, I lost quite a few guys at this point. There was a lot of hurls. Um, hurls weren't doing a huge amount of damage to me. They don't to defense six. But then the trolls started smacking me with their hammers and causing some damage. And I finally got that last troll to the break. And once they broke, first turn I charged in there, did nothing to them. They killed some more guys. Second turn of breaking, Tim, two trolls ran away. Leaving him one. So game was going to end this turn. Yeah. And I wasn't broken at this point. I hadn't lost my leader. I hadn't given up anything. And it turned out that I was two off break point. I surrounded the troll with everyone, put everyone into him. He's ahead on fight value, but I thought, I'll kill this troll off. I'll have all the attacks in the world. I'm going to roll the six. I'm relying on Tim not rolling the six. Tim smiles at me, puts his evil grin, throws the six down, wins the combat, needing two to break me. The troll goes, smack, kills one. Smack missed. 
And then the last one turns around, clubs him. He goes flying across the table and he's dead. So I was broken. So I got a major, major win, I think. Cause major I, win. Yeah, I, I didn't get the zero points because he, he broke me. But I killed his highest cost model, Birder. I killed, got the leader killed, Birder. No banners. So I got the points there. Now, in the players and pack... And he killed 50% of his heroes because he yeah, only had one. He only had one. So I killed... The, oh, 66% it was. Yeah. But killed the hero. So I was, I was looking at all the bonus points. But the banner one said in the players pack... No enemy banners left on the table. It said on the scorecard that you gave out each round, kill all the enemy banners. Yeah. I hadn't killed the enemy banners because there was no enemy banners. So I had to call Josh over and Josh thought about it, thought about it. So I did one of my Jedi mind tricks on him, looked him in the face and he went, no, go with the players pack. And then I nodded and said, good choice. Like you've got to go with the players pack <laughs> what you advertised before the tournament. Yeah. And I think you can't, you can't run a tournament where people can't get all the points as well. It would be very, very, very nasty to suddenly turn around to the players pack or on the day and go, no, you have to kill the banners to get it. When everyone has planned to bring a yeah. banner yeah. for that reason. Yeah. No, it would have changed the tournament quite a bit. So yeah. it was the right call there. So I got, I think it was 28 to zero or something for that game. It was huge. Mm. I got, Oh, maybe it's 26, but I got pretty much everything, the major win. So, yeah, four points down. So, 26 to zero, did really well. Tim was really good about it. He's always a good opponent. And he had me pretty close to it. If it wasn't for that fluky kill for Birder, I think he could have... Mm. It was scary for me. Trolls are tough as anything. I've got Grim Hammers who are pretty tough, but trolls wound them very easily. And yeah. I actually... This is the game I did a lot of piercing because I just thought... Four to three, he can probably rend me if he really wants to. He's probably going to yeah. throw my guy, just pierce, and if I win a combat, I'm killing the troll. Yeah, good so, calls there. Yep. So then, ra- round two. Round two, round, round two. two. I ding, drew ding. Michael Kerr, and I was very happy about this because Michael Kerr is from Interstate. I think it's a play him a lot. Uh, I now feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, okay. <laughs> let, me, let me explain this first. <laughs> if you've listened to the Kylie episode before, you'll know that Michael Kerr had Tharanduil, he had Galadriel Magic, he had Legolas as his leader, and he had a bunch of old school elves, a couple sentinels, some throwing mm-hmm. weapons, some bows. A banner in there as well. I banner. Think. Yep. Yeah. We had the domination. So I heavily weighted one side with objectives. So I think there's three on one side, two on the other. Yeah. Um, essentially, because I wanted to make sure that I could get the objectives. Do you mean three on one side, one in the middle? Yeah, it one was. On the but, other. but three were close together, and there was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I chose a side that had more. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was better for my side. Actually, no, no. It was essentially three on one side, one in the middle, one on one side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I yep. have a feeling that might have been the yep. case. Yep. So I got the choice of it. Now, when I roll for deployment, the Grim Hammers, this is the best part about it. I roll. Roll the one. Who cares? I want to deploy in the front. I pick up the next dice. I roll the five. Anywhere I want to, right up the front. I pick up the next die, give it a rub, roll it, using my best technique to roll the six, roll the three, put them up the front. So everyone just went right up the front. There was a bridge over the water, so I put a lot of my guys on the bridge. I put more of my force... Which table were you on, just out of curiosity? Uh, it was the Osgiliath one with the big river down uh, the middle. Okay, this makes a little bit more sense now. <laughs> yeah. So dwarves don't like water, but I knew I had to cover both sides. So I yep. had pretty much heavy on one side, one warband on the other, but mm-hmm. I rely on my Grim Hammers. I know that they're pretty good. He had Galadriel, so shooting was going to be tough. Cast Blinding Light, channeled, yep. yeah, sixes to hit. Yeah, Channel Blinding Light, which is good. It's a point of mic on. But he couldn't cover everyone because I was such a wide flank. And he kept pulling back. So I was able to... I On my heavy side, I attacked his weak side and got it there. And then they, they all approached the water and looked at the water and went, Ooh, it looks cold. Hey, you Grimhammer, go in. So one Grimhammer walks forward towards Tharendul and his mates. Starts 
wading in the water, throwing throwing weapons. He says, it's, it's not too bad, guys. Come in. Another three slowly walk up. Look at Tharendul, sort of going, are you going to do anything, Tharendul? Well, maybe we'll throw some axes at you. Yeah. Then another two walked up. And meanwhile, my other flank was was probably yeah. coming out ahead of that. So I'm whittling him down. He has maybe 10 kills to my three kills. Now, I think we need to explain a little bit to our audience here why the Grimhammers are so nervous about Thranduil. If you're ever knocked down prone, by the way, in shallowed water, you have to take a swim check. And dwarves wearing heavy armor, some of them carrying shields, they're not great at swimming. They're uh, minus one, sometimes minus two to their dice rolls, so they, they drown pretty quickly. And obviously nature's wrath will knock them down, so they're a bit worried about the whole nature's wrath knocking them down in water. So I had basically a wedge of five grim hammers and one grim spear in the water. Throwing weapons each time. They're actually killing a lot of elves. They're putting the pressure on. Tharangel's losing his mates. He's holding off going, come on, Dwalin. Dwalin's looking at the water going, it looks cold. I'm not going in. The Grimhammer captain's on the other side going, I'm not going in either. And he finally has to do it. He casts the Nature's Wrath. He moves just out of range of Dwalin. The Grimhammer, damn you, Michael. Smart play. Knocks over my six dwarves in the water. I roll my swim check. First one fails. Second one fails. Third one fails. Fourth one fails again. Fifth fails. Six. Fails. <laughs> so one or two killed me. He killed every single one of them. And at that point, it is over doubled his amount of kills. So he went from losing like four dwarves to losing 10 dwarves straight off. So that water drowning dwarves, not good at all. But at that point, as after seeing their mates drown, the rest of the dwarves just went, let's dive in, boys, <laughs> and swim in after them. Dwalin decided to take um, the, the bridge. So he backed away with a couple of mates through the bridge past an objective. I slowly pushed towards the water, slow going in water <laughs> as a dwarf, slowly pushed forward. And then my, uh, basically when it came down to combat, Legolas started slipping through my ranks, but I used this opening to get Dwalin around, charge down a banner. So we got the banner and then the next turn, I called a heroic combat to finish off Galadriel who had taken a couple of wounds off <laughs> some grim hammers. Like I just put major pressure on Galadriel. So took the rear objective, Tharendwil and a couple wood elves pushed towards the middle objective but I had more dwarves around that at the end of the game. And yeah. Legolas had slipped through my ranks and ducked around to one of my rear objectives. So I had two Grimhammers waddling after him, running there and throwing their weapons, throwing their weapons. If one of them died, he would have got a point. But no, they both survived until the end. He couldn't kill them with shooting. So I had that final objective, two to one. So I managed to get all the objectives. Two of them were minor grabs and one, three of them were major grabs. Yeah, I got no leader kill, but I managed to break him and I got rid of Gladrill. So I got... Bonus points for for killing highest points. I got bonus points for banner, and I got the crushing victory. So it was a twenty eight nil. Wow, that is really impressive in domination. Mm, absolutely. So watch out for those groom hammers. They are tough. Wow, that was impressive. And yeah, uh, the reason why I was saying uh, I felt sorry for Michael because he had to play me and Jeremy yeah. <laughs> back to back. I actually asked Josh why he doesn't like Michael Kerr, why he made him <laughs> us. Him play us too, but anyway, so I was off to a good start. So it was one major, one crushing with Ooh, yeah, five so you, out of six bonus points. Yeah, five out of six. That's where you win the tournaments is in the bonus yeah. points. So you're looking good. You're up pretty. You've got two really solid wins under your belt. And Who I don't you... like the idea of submarining. I think you've got to yeah. go for all the points early Same, on. Yeah. yeah. So I just went hard at all every point Especially I can. Especially in a tournament like this. So um, round number three. Round number three. I played Jim, who I've never played before. Jim Keller, who had... A Legolas as well. He had two warbands of Wood Elves, one with Tharendul, one with Legolas leading it. 
And then one war band of dwarves were led by his leader. I don't know how this works. A dwarf leading elves. But it was uh, the king's champion with his shield guy, his shield banner guys. Herald. Yep. Heralds. And then a bunch of Kazakhard and Iron Guard. Kazakhard guarding them. So a really oh, nasty so war band. So you've got basically elves with fight five and five six spears supporting yes. defense seven strength. Four yeah, yeah, yeah. Dwarves. Absolutely. Set, oh, up, set it up for that. So I look at his army, I look at my army and said, I got Grimhammers, I got this. Don't worry about it at all. It was start on the side, run to the middle. Jim wins priority. Hold ground. I wish I knew the names of this scenarios. One well, day we I went to them. my interview, so. Yeah. So Jim wins priority, which I thought was brilliant because if you win priority in this scenario, you'll lose it more than you should. Yeah. It's it, Yeah. We've, we will talk about this scenario at some point about yeah. our thoughts on it. But Jim rolled for his first two warbands, his dwarf one and his... Uh, his legless warband, he both rolled once for both. Both times I said, oh, do you want to up it to a three so I can choose where it comes on? No. He did the right thing. Didn't put them on. Then he rolled for his Tharendur warband and left it at a three. So I put it in the corner closest to my side of the board so I could reach it because I knew I was going to be taking those models off and killing them. So they came on. They walked forward with Tharendur. He asked me if he could channel at that turn. I said, no, no, no. You've got to channel at the start. You've got to declare at the start of the turn. You weren't mm. there at the start of the turn. You can't do it. You have to wait till next turn. Okay, that's fine. Then I rolled for my guys. First one, I get to choose north or south. I put them on just behind Tharangel's warband. Walk them forward. All the Grim Hammers there holding their throwing weapons going, we're going to get these elves. We're going to get these elves. Then I rolled my next warband with Dwalin and they went on the east-west. My choice. So I put them in front of Tharangel's warband. The Grim Hammers got their axes. We're going to kill these elves. We're going to kill these elves. <laughs> then I got the next one. My choice, north-south. Yes. Put them on behind Tharangel as well. Got out the axes. Oh, you're gonna kill these dwarves. Elves, elves, they're elves. So I had three warbands with throwing weapons, about about twenty-eight throwing weapons in range of his little elf warband, and the, that elf warband was shaking. Like the table was shaking. You could see them chittering. I picked up the axes, twenty-eight of them, all the buckets of dice, threw them. Three elves down. Not too bad. Actually, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So the elves actually held out pretty well. You're hitting on five, so that's actually not too bad. It's not too bad, it's, but it seemed like a bit of an anticlimax because I'm looking at it. I'm I don't know. Out of a 12 model warband killing three, yeah. that's that's a big yeah. deal. That can win and lose games. Losing but then the next turn, I got... I, uh, I <laughs> He got priority, I think, but mm-hmm. I called a heroic with my Grimhammer captain to stop Tharendul calling any spells because I wanted to make sure the terror didn't mm-hmm. go off. He didn't counter or he did counter. I don't know. He might have countered, but I won the roll off anyway. My Grimhammer captain went straight into Tharendul. And then I just boxed in those elves. It took me a long time to get rid of those elves, but my Grimhammer captain was able to take down Tharanduil. So using Impressive. using heroic bluff. <laughs> <laughs> so once again, the Grimhammer captain down the bottom called a heroic combat. The Grimhammer captain stared at Tharanduil. Right, I'm going to strike up against you. Tharanduil went back and said, no, you're not. I'm going to strike up as well. And then no, nothing happened at all. Tharanduil went up to fight 10. You can faint. Who cares? My Grim Hammer Captain turned around and said, you've got two attacks and no banner. <laughs> Go on, roll it, Mr. No Might. <laughs> and then he turned around and smacked him over the head as well. <laughs> so that was good fun. Um, meanwhile, Legless came on just north of my Dwalin's warband, which I was able to redirect with some heroic combats and send towards them and, and yeah. pull them off, while other half of my Dwalin's warband ran directly towards the objective, towards the middle. Mm-hmm. And then the dwarves came on Behind my lines on the the south side of the board, oh, no. so like 
conserving casualties, it was the right choice. Placement, it was the wrong choice, Jim. So I was like, all I had to do was stop them. So yeah. I and I can play troops like a champion. So I just mitigated damage slow, slow, slowed that damn grim. Yeah, slowed Mr. that. I can beat the eight hundred point army, the dead army, with five hundred points of goblins. Yeah, yeah, thank you. But all I had to do was stop the dwarves from getting on the objective. Now I looked at the game and I thought, bonus points. How do I get those? One, kill banners. Okay, the banners are heralds. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Two, kill the highest point cost model, king's champion, and it's ruled that I have to kill the king's champion and the heralds as well. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Next one, kill a third of the heroes. He's got five heroes. <laughs> Grimhammer's champ- sorry, King's Champion, two heralds, Legolas, Therindul. Already killed Therindul. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> no, I'm not going for bonus points. I'm going for the crushing victory by keeping him off the objective. So the Grimhammer's made this grim wall in front of the, the objective, the six inches out, with their grim throwing weapons and said, come on, you little elves. Come and walk into grim throwing weapon range. The elves obliged. They walked into Grim Throwing Weapon range, got cut down. Meanwhile, Dwalin's going behind them, like threatening Legolas with heroic combats, but they're not going into him. <laughs> so just like weirdly, so Legolas is sort of running away from Dwalin, going, oh no, there's a dwarf coming, there's a dwarf coming. And I broke broke the elves, killed lots of elves. There was hardly anything left. I think Legolas and a couple mates on that side. Mm-hmm. And then the full dwarf warband, I'd killed like two of them. He killed like two of mine. It was I was really doing well there. And we rolled first time to end the game. Jim picked up his dice. He rolled and got to two. End the game straight there. Grim Hammer sitting on the Grim objective. And <laughs> and it was a crushing win to me, no bonuses. So I gave up the three bonuses. Yeah. But to get a crushing in the third round against someone that's got a couple crushing victories, mm. I'll take that every time. But let's be honest, you weren't going to kill a King's Champion with three Heralds. I, I needed soon. Dwalin to do that. Yeah. But Dwalin was too far out of position, so I would have had to extend the game, which I can do with my Grim Hammers. I can just hammer them into the ground. But I thought, why not take the opportunity to get the crushing? Yeah. If I can't do that, like... And you never know. The dice could have been swayed your way and never ended for another 10 turns, and you would have got that anyway. Yeah, so I thought, if I can get the crushing, no bonuses, I'm taking. That's 24 yeah. out of the 30 points. That's good for the third round. Take it, got it, did it. Um, at one point, Jim said to me, you're just too good, but... um. It was one of those ones where the deployment just didn't really give him a chance. He had this... His combo was set up so his elves go behind the dwarves. You have to engage as a lion. And that's why Tio's put this scenario in tournaments is so that you can't take your shade armies and your pike-supported walls and expect them to win because there's a very good chance they're going to get split up and you're not going to have that perfect shield wall that you want. All right, round four. Last round of the tournament. You're on three wins, yep. two crushing yep. and one major. One major and, you and have five, out of, five out of nine bonus points. Okay, so I'm taking on Thomas Dado in the kill count one, Lords of Lords of War, War of Lords, whatever it is. Lords of Battle, I think. Lords of Battle. With that an exclamation sense. point. Yep. Thomas had uh, Radagast on Eagle. He had Faramir as his leader, leading a warband of... Uh, the Gondor, and then he had a couple... No, a warband of Rohan. Yes, a warband of Rohan with Eowyn leading a couple guys, a couple outriders, outwalkers, a couple guys with throwing spears, some horses, and then Beragond on horse leading a couple horse Gondor guys, and then a bunch of rangers of, the, of Gondor. So... He had smells like internet. Yeah, it was a bit smells of, a bit like of Thomas. Now this Thomas, is... this was a tough one. I set up across the middle, but he had shooting and I didn't. And then Thomas did something strange, which threw me off a little bit. He put his like 
Gondor Warband. Everyone went up the back. He put his Gondor Warband on the flank next to me. We're sort of in my threat range. So I thought, beauty, I'm going to take that. And I'll take that Gondor Warband. And then he ran around the back with it. So I managed to wound Faramir and killed about four of his Gondor guys. But at, at one point, I thought, no, no, it's not worth chasing at this point. They actually are out of the game. I, I, they're not going to do any damage to me. Let's turn around and go after the, the ranges of Gondor, which were doing damage to me. So I did that, did a couple marches, got towards the ranges of Gondor, had a rotten luck with, uh, with the priority. But the ranges of Gondor held me up forever. I could not kill them at all. And it seemed like every time Thomas would roll a dice to wound, he was killing a Grimhammer. Like it was... And he was using my dice as well. And it was just, it was really insulting. So I was losing guys. I was ahead for the start of it. And I, was, I thought I was in a pretty strong position. But like I just wasn't getting any wounds. And he started getting more and more wounds. Yeah. And then he was able to have time to reposition his force and, and run away. And I also had to spend might on heroics a lot. And in the end, I just got behind a bit and just couldn't come back. And my guys weren't doing any damage in combat. Then Radagast finally came in and... Knocked me over a couple times, and, yeah. and by this I was out of it. Our game didn't finish. I think I had just broken, but unfortunately we didn't get through the game. And I think I ended up losing 29 to 19 or something like that. It was one where I wouldn't do a lot different next time. I might consider just going all out on the Gondor Warband and wiping them out with Faramir, getting mm-hmm. the hitting the leader, and then repositioning. But it just it wasn't my game. I usually have a game like that in the tournament. So I got the minor loss. I got the banner bonus point, but didn't get much else. Thomas got my highest point model in Dwalin. He got two-thirds of my heroes, maybe. I'm not sure if he got both of them. I think he did. So he got... Uh, no, he didn't get two-thirds of my hero. He got my banner. So he got my banner yeah. and my highest point. So he got two bonus. I got one. He got the minor victory. And at this point, I thought, oh, okay, that's all right. I've had a good run. I've done pretty well with the Grim Hammers. I, I'm not upset with that. It's a, it's a good round overall. Shook his hand. I thought, okay, that's right. Maybe about fifth or sixth. So I'm happy with that result. But, but awards came. six was not to be the case. Not quite, no. So we hear all these results. We, we're going up the podium ladder. We're rifling off names left, right, and center. We get to fifth. We get to fourth, and my name calls out. And yourself, Caesar, and Patrick are the only ones whose name haven't been called out. Yeah. What and- do you think to yourself? Well, I didn't even know Caesar's name hadn't been called out because I didn't know Caesar. So I'm, I'm like, okay, my name hasn't been called. I know Patrick hasn't been called. I've got no idea who the other person is. and But Thomas Dado had been called. You had been called. And a lot of the other good players have been called. So third comes, and I expect it to be Patrick Murphy. Patrick Murphy. Okay, shook his hand. Good on you, Patrick. Third's a good spot. I'm top two. How did I get top two? Next up, second calls. Caesar. Caesar? Who's Caesar. Caesar walks up. Oh, the guy with the eagles and the elves. Okay, solid painted army. Didn't see his results at all. He got second. And I thought, I'm first? How did I get first? And it must have been that, look, I got heaps of battle points at the start, which mitigated my loss in the end. But plus, I probably got a pretty high painting score overall. So, yeah, I ended up first at at Silmarilli, 36 uh, people with Grimhammers. So everyone who's listened to all this time after our 40 minutes of talking, go buy yourself some Grimhammers. They are guaranteed to win you the tournament. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not sure about guarantee, but they are a very, very solid choice. I think you've pretty much shown how to use Grimhammers now, and that's um, use them en masse. Use lots of them. And just use and just be grim the whole game. So so get into the mind <laughs> of the Grimhammer. Get ready to throw your Grim Axe. Or that. The, the funny thing about them is that, like, I had the special strikes. And I had lots of plans for my double-handed piercing and my double-handed bashing, 
And I've almost never used it. I just wasn't in a position. I was against Wood Elves, which I don't need it. And I would rather mm. I'd rather just stay alive with my defense six. Yeah. And against the trolls, I just did single handed piercing, just relying on just fluking the sixes if I could. Mm-hmm. And against the the last army, I just look. I could have pierced or whatever. I just wasn't wounding. And when you roll ones and twos, it's irrelevant. So mm. I just. Yeah, I, I didn't use their full equipment that much. I didn't have to do any delay games by bashing people. No, you didn't use their pick hammers, but you did use their throwing weapons, and you used them a lot. I used them a lot. I used a lot of heroic bluffing, yeah. so where I can serve my might and force you to use resources. I mm-hmm. used a lot of old, old-school dwarf surround tactics. Make mm-hmm. a circle and just make that circle smaller and smaller. Yeah, I think um, at a, definitely at a bigger points level, a second banner might be very useful to help with the um, not having enough spears. I almost would consider dropping Dwalin for another Grimhammer captain and a banner at this point level. Like, Dwalin, Dwalin was there as a, like a, a finishing unit. He wasn't there to do mm. a lot. I didn't need him. And I think a Grimhammer captain with their defense seven is a fantastic value. I probably could have used them to do the same job. They have one less attack, but they can hit really damn hard with their piercings. And they could have finished off exactly what Dwalin did. Dwalin was being a bully and just picking off weak stuff. Mm. They could have struck up and got the fight seven. They could have done all that sort of stuff that Dwalin did in the tournament. And another banner would have forced, would have given me a much bigger combat range. So... Mm. I definitely, uh, I think if you were going to say play an 800 point game, um, like you said, grab a second banner and maybe swap out Dwalin for uh, Thrain, which is the increased stand fast range. Or maybe just take another warband of Grimhammers because they're just so good. <laughs> maybe, but you don't have any other painted up. I can get some more. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Jeremy, for your Silmarilli uh, recap and congratulations for winning Sil, by the way. Thank you very it's much. It's your second one, isn't it? You won the very first yes, one. Yes, I won like one with uh, Morkwood. Yep. and nine. I remember that one. Yep. That so it. my second win for Silmarilli. So I'm pretty happy with that. It's been a long time between drinks, but I got there again. Silmarilli, you are mine. <laughs> well, as I said, congratulations. And remember, everyone, traps win games. Especially for the Grim Hammers. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Green Dragon Podcast. Please be advised that the Green Dragon podcast is not suitable for children, the elderly, pregnant women, those with a history of heart conditions, or anyone expecting to receive worthwhile advice. You can contact us on the Green Dragon Podcasts at gmail.com. Yes, it has an S at the end. Or our Facebook page, The Green Dragon Podcast. We do not claim ownership of any works based on J.R.R. Tolkien, New Line Cinema, Warner Brothers, or Games Workshop. This podcast is purely for entertainment. The thoughts, as rare as they are, are solely that of our hosts and guests. Farewell, listener, until we meet again.